You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Montessori schools have mixed-age classrooms and they incorporate child-led learning. It's an approach that gives children agency and respects their ability to handle different situations. But what happens in this kind of environment when conflict arises? Bill Conway is the principal of Montessori East Primary and Preschool, and he's here today to speak with us about the Montessori way of dealing with conflict. Hi, Bill. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. I understand that Montessori classes don't have a hierarchy. What does that actually look like? I like to consider it more that the child actually is empowered. So you don't have to have a hierarchy to feel empowered. You don't need to be empowered over someone else. So what I what I see it as that the children are in an environment where the multi-age classroom allows them to, to experiment with different roles. They might be a role where they're the recipient of help from older children or other children. They may be in a role where they're also a leader. So these different roles are not necessarily in themselves, the role isn't empowering, but the fact that they can find some agency with with where they are at in the classroom, whether they're a younger child or an older child, and they know that there are certain, that there are certain times when you need to feel more responsible for others, but always you're responsible for yourself, always you are empowered as the individual. So when you, I know that the the classic example of a Montessori class is also that the teacher is on a level with the kids. That's right. In that sense of non non hierarchical um, structures, how does that work? If let's say two children have a conflict in a in a uh, public school, perhaps a teacher might step in. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that happens all the time, but they might step in as the leader, as the main person who has to discipline children. What happens when you don't have that sort of figurehead in the classroom? If you are trying to empower children, you do want the teacher to be observing the situation to make sure that it's not out of hand. But you you want to allow the children to see if they can manage to resolve this themselves. And that sometimes takes a lot of patience. It has to, You have to stand back and really see if, if the children can actually do that or not. There are times when you have to intervene. There are times when the teacher has to come in and and maybe suggest some ways in which they can resolve the conflict. It sounds like your teachers have a lot more patience than I do as a parent because we're often told, you know, let your kids sort it out themselves. And what I find really challenging about that is if I know one is actually physically more powerful than the other. So when you've got mixed ages, if there's a bigger kid and a little kid and they're trying to work it out, but the bigger kid tends to be a bit more physical, I find it hard to talk through those things because what they're experiencing is physical. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, it is. And it's it's so difficult to stand back and, and just watch these things happen. And, and I'm not suggesting that you always should do that, but especially if there's if someone might be hurt in the process. A parent was telling me the other day how they were, their children were only two, two and a half, and they were in a play group, and the, the two mothers were standing there watching their children play. Um, one of the boys took a squirt bottle away from a girl, and of course both of the mothers were going to lunge to try to resolve the conflict, but they realized, no, actually what we should do is stand back and just maybe we should wait and see how they might resolve this themselves. Yeah, first the little boy uh, took it and was quite quite happy to have the squirt bottle, 
But the little girl started crying, and she was just bawling. And, of course, the mother of the boy was just so anxious to kind of go in there and say, okay, now you need to give this back. And she, she felt she could resolve this and very easily stop that girl from crying. And she felt so bad for the mother also, who was watching her daughter cry. But they decided to stay and watch. The boy then asked his mom, why is she crying? She seems sad. And her mother, mother just acknowledged that. Yes, yeah, she, she is sad. And he asked again, you know, she, she seems to be sad. And, you know, well, why do you think she, <laughs> she's sad? And, of course, then all of a sudden, you know, it, it kind of clicked with him that she was sad because he had taken that away. It really wasn't the first thing he had thought about. So all of a sudden, he goes and he said, well, you know, he didn't want to see her sad. So he goes and he gives the, the squirt bottle to the to the little girl. She stops crying. And, you know, he's a, he's a bit disappointed that he doesn't have that bottle. But children actually have so much ability to resolve conflict. And I think that if we go and give them this opportunity, and sometimes we just step back long enough to see if they can sort it out, this is an empowering experience for a child. It, 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 you know, they realize that actually, you know, I can solve this. They're not really, essentially children aren't mean and nasty. They're not really out there to hurt other people. They do sometimes do that if there's, if they're in, if they're cornered or, you know, it's like animals might do that or, you know, if they're, if they're um, upset in some way or if they're in a, a particularly competitive environment. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. We're speaking with Bill Conway. He's the principal of Montessori East Primary and Preschool. And we're talking about the way that Montessori approaches conflict, generally speaking, with children. And um, talking about the way the classrooms work and how the children feel a sense of agency or how they step back, how Montessori teaches adults to kind of take a step back and watch to see how children might resolve it. Sounds like when when you talk, it sounds to me like when someone's telling me how to get my child to eat vegetables, because everyone has all these great tips and nothing ever (laughs) works. My children are about two and a half years apart. And that little scenario you played out there with the taking one thing off the other, that's all they do all day is take things off each other. And I'm wondering, I know that if I left them, that they would not resolve it. They would just keep what they've taken. However, I'm wondering if there's a situation not when they're physically hurting each other. Let's say two children um, have conflict which results in one child crying and the other one not. Do you ever talk through the situation afterwards? So as a parent, you step back, you see if they resolve it. If they don't resolve it, is there a way you speak to children, um, in particular the person, the child that's maybe been the aggressor, how do you talk to them after that so they might understand the consequences of what they've done? Yeah, it's a good question because you, you want the child to have strategies on how they might be able to manage a situation. And then you also want to make sure they have something that they can base those strategies on so they're not constantly looking for a recipe. You know, what do I do in this situation? You want them to, to have certain values or virtues that they're going to, to follow in resolving something. So in a scenario where you have one child child crying and the other one who's not, and that it is a time, sometimes these are actual teachable moments. This is the time where first you want to have them uh, understand certain skills that they could put into place. So part of those would be asking children questions and listening to what they have to say is really important. Adults can model that. So the first thing you might want to do is just ask, well, what's going on here? And what, you know, tell me how you're feeling. And, you know, doing some reflective listening that that modeling you know, and realizing that as a parent or as a teacher, you 
if you are listening to the child, then they will realize that in a conflict they should also listen to the other child. And so you try to model it, but you also try to encourage them to to speak with each other, to talk to each other and listen to what the other one has to say. And that would be your first strategy that I would, you know, try to guide them on. The other, in terms of that base, oftentimes uh, conflict is a result of, of, of just not being uh, very respectful, perhaps. And so, you know, if you've talked ongoing about your values as a family, about how we respect others, how we cooperate, and, and certain things that are real basic values that as a family you'd like to have your children understand and you don't do it just as a response to conflict but you actually talk about it as the way we get along the way actually our family works the way our society works but you bring them in at the time of conflict say well how does respect look here how do we want to practice respect and again this is where we will find uh, the children will draw from those understandings if we've been doing that ongoing. What about the approach where you might ask the child and how would you feel if they did that to you? Do you agree with that approach or is it? Absolutely, yeah. And that's one thing that um, not all children have empathy, you know, not all children can can really go there and, and see how someone else feels. And I think, you know, we shouldn't feel, if our child doesn't feel empathic towards another child, doesn't mean that there's something wrong with our child necessarily. But we need to give them that opportunity to, and sometimes just uh, asking them, how do you think the other child feels, is, is really important to try to challenge them, try to direct their attention to how the other child's feeling. Not everyone gets there, but it's, it's a really good place to start, and it's, a, it's something that uh, you want to nurture and encourage in your child. Bill, thank you so much for coming in today. Well, thank you for having me. That's Bill Conway. He's the principal of Montessori East Primary and Preschool. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.